All right. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode, actually episode number 68 on the Lure Lab here, part of the Serious Angler Network. As always, I am your host, the captain, Andrew Full. And uh, today we have an awesome one for you. Going back to like the roots, maybe even some backwater fishing might touch home for some people who live down in the south, but there's ample opportunities all over the country to do this type of fishing and uh we have a kayak fishing master on today drew gregory and we're diving deep into backwater spinnerbait fishing i think it's kind of a cool episode because springtime you get a lot of rain a lot of high water a lot of muddy water conditions even and this is a way that you can kind of sneak away from some people if you can do it in a boat or a kayak or whatever your means of water transportation or on from shore and uh, throw some spinnerbaits around some um, hard cover and catch a lot of bass. So I figured why not get Drew on here and um, we're going to talk about this here. So let's get Drew on and see how things are going. Hey, Drew, it's been a long time. It has been a while, man. You know, it's that little lull in the winter and, but it's, it's time like you, you know, you and I were just talking about, uh, off offline here it's time to start thinking bass again it's uh you know i live up north now so not quite as early as the folks down south are already thinking about spinner baiting up shallow but this is time to be filming this exact episode yeah. because it's, it's starting to happen around the country it's funny too we got to this episode because i asked you about ned rig fishing and the only <laughs> reason why i texted you about it right like i was scrolling aimlessly on social media and and an ad came up from Omnia Fishing, and it was Drew's Ned Rig Rod. And I was like, oh, I should message Drew and see if you want. And I was like, yeah. oh, wait, he's a power fisherman. Why would I ever yeah. do that? Yeah, that's funny. That was funny. Like, no. like 8 o'clock this morning, and you sent me a, like a laughing, crying emoji face with a ha-ha. And I was like, what? What did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing I want to talk about, man. But Drew Reese, so everyone gets that confused, Drew Reese is the um, – I guess the founder of the Ned rig. And so yeah. when they see something with my name and it, I'm associated with Z man so closely, then typically they think it's, you know, there's a color called Drew's crawl in yeah. the Z man line. And they, everyone thinks it's my color. Well, I design, I, but it's funny. I know you don't fish those, but yeah. then in the back of my mind, I was like, you know what? It actually would be a great episode to make him go out of his comfort zone and talk about something so different. Right. That's true. That would be actually really interesting to see. We could have made it work. We could have, and then we could have, like then showed it or had somebody else on that really knows their stuff with that. And they could have graded me and judged me how right or wrong I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. On, Cause I do know how to do it. And I, I fish it every once in a while, but it's just not my, you know, preferred method. I like to, as you can tell my personality, everyone knows I'm pretty spastic. I like to move fast. I do that, you know, in the kayak fishing world and, and power fishing. faster than that rig, just like yeah, surface wake it. Right. And hopefully that's one comes true. up and eats it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's definitely possible. But, uh, and I fish a lot of shallow waters, backwaters and rivers, which is a great segue yeah. to what we're going to talk about, which is, uh, you know, more you're moving water baits, you know, you don't have a lot of depth. I mean, you could Ned rig in two foot of water if you wanted to, but I'd rather just hit them with a spinnerbait, chatterbait, buzzbait, and then move on if they're not there. Yeah, me personally, like, I see water temps are climbing, and, you know, there's a classic coming up on the boater side, which will be kind of cool because it might take away from forward-facing sonar if they get some muddy water. Actually, I think that lake typically runs slightly muddy, but you're going to see some guys chucking and winding a spinnerbait in open water, right? But yeah. as soon as I start seeing water temps rise, like getting that mid-40s bass's metabolism start ramping up, and you have that sun just baking, yeah. like calm, bright, sunny, you can pick up a spinnerbait early spring in flooded backwaters and really catch some really good one. 
It's can, not typically the weather to catch bass on a spinnerbait with. No, but and that and I think that's the purpose of this episode because it's that time of year, right? Like that's right. Things are going to be wet. Flor California is flooded out basically. So starting west coast to east, backwater spinnerbait fishing. So yeah, let's kind of talk about it. What is let's, backwater by your definition? And go right through. Yeah, it. let's dig into that. So you just mentioned the classic, right? <laughs> Yeah. About, you know, in Oklahoma, they're going to be on Grand Lakes. This is actually funny because we didn't plan this. I mean, you literally just texted me today. But I won a Bassmaster Kayak Series tournament on Grand Lake. First <laughs> time I'd ever been there. Only time I've ever, ever been there. And I was in a backwater. And most of my fish in the event were actually came on a, a jig, but some were on a spinnerbait. And I found the fish with a spinnerbait. Uh, originally in, in practice exactly in practice i found them with a spinnerbait so we're going to talk about that and it's funny i'll i'll tie in some stuff to, i'm gonna be really interested in this bassmaster classic because i'm just curious if anyone finds my same spawning pocket that i wanted on. that was in april but i'm pretty sure if the water's warm enough they're there as early as the classic will be there and it's a sneaky little spot uh and i want it on the main main lake in a spawning pocket not in a typical drew gregory up a river or creek you know which i think i'm synonymous for in, in the kayak fishing world people forget you know i don't always fish up a river or creek you fish where the fish are yeah I fish where i find them yeah where the fish are so anyway it'll be fun to watch this event but the backwater to me is is and you can help we you know guide this a little bit on what you want to talk about but for me it's uh you know most of the backwaters on the lakes uh, i think a lot of your anglers that listen to the show or your you know you got kayak anglers but a lot of bass boat anglers and a lot of the backwaters to me are those uh, initial oxbows and, and places that you see when the river meets the lake. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the definition of actually when when a river becomes lake is when I see the very first uh, oxbow that's kind of flooded out of the original riverbanks and it and it goes near and it makes a little cove or little pocket and it wouldn't have existed if there wasn't a dam sixty miles downstream on that on that reservoir. If that makes yeah. sense, that's my definition of when you actually fully entered the lake at that point um so i feel like those are the backwaters for, and usually there's a good long section you know what i mean you could think about any any lake and, and they've all got it you know yeah. like your tennessee river lakes there's a, always a section of tennessee river and then you've got you know where like uh you know Chicago and gunnersville they all have a, a section you know you, like you follow on the chattahoochee any of them and then it overflows so the cool thing about those backwaters and it kind of ties into what we're talking about now is that in the spring, you've got more rain, right? You got the, you know, more water. So you're typically going to get that, that murkier color water in that zone of the lake. Whereas back all the way down to the dam, you're going to get that clear water. Now the, the murky water lends itself to, you know, a spinnerbait and a lot of the things you can do with the blades and, and whatnot lends itself to a spinnerbait just because that the thumping and it pushes out so much vibration, as you know, and it's not so much the flash bite, that you're kind of getting into that time of the year. But one thing I was going to say that, that to kind of lead us in to this was in the forties, you talk about water in the forties and a lot of people down South are like, man, that's crazy that you're already throwing, but you know how you and I, Andy, we know because we've lived on this earth long enough that if you walk into the shade, it cools off 10 degrees. Yep. You know? And if you walk over here in the sun, you warm up. And the cool thing about fish. And I learned a lesson in the middle of the winter in Georgia, where I grew up, on a clear water lake, I'm talking crystal clear, middle of winter. Actually, the lake, they stock it with trout. It's a private lake, lake a couple hundred acres. They stock it with trout in the North Georgia mountains. And I remember we were fishing for trout mainly. We got up shallow and there was a bunch of just dead leaves on the in like a few inches of water. And it was a sunny day. 
was a warm day. The water temperature was certainly in the in the you know forties. And I saw a bass when we got close to the bank, uh, just a six inch bass, seven inch. It was really small, like, but it was definitely a bass. And it, it just, it swam off and it got, we got too close to the bank there and it swam off out from underneath the bat. And I was like, that's crazy that that fish typically they're living deeper. As we all know, they winter deeper, the thermocline, the warmer water, but they know there's a certain number of them that just know it's a sunny day. I can just push through and swim through that colder water and when i get to the shore especially in murkier muddy water like we're right. talking about in these oxbows in these backwaters that that because of the um sediment that's in the water that it warms up quicker than clear water so we all if, if you've listened to any of the serious angler podcast you know surely you guys have learned that lesson to this point so i don't have to rehash all of that but we know that warmer water uh you know is generally that the murkier the water the warmer it can get right in the sun and the shallower so this fish was up there, even though this was clear water, it was up there so shallow. And it just, it made me realize that, oh my goodness, like they're just like us. They live in that lake. They know it by the, the back of their hand, yep. or obviously the back of their fins, I should say, I guess, better analogy with the fish. They know it like we know our world and our environment. So it was up there because it was warmer than either the thermocline water or it was equal to, and it was just maybe trying to get, some fours that, that lives up there in just ambush or whatever, but it was a pretty cool lesson that I learned. So they will be shallow. They will be able to eat baits like this in that water temperature you're talking about uh, just because their early bird gets the worm, right? They're eager to get out there and start feeding. So that to me is, is the backwaters, but there's also the rivers and creeks that are true. You know, they're, they don't yeah. the backwaters, but there are some natural oxbows and places like that. But we yeah, can, I was going to say, you can, you can expand backwaters too. Like if you're fishing a main river, like any small creek that dumps in or a drain yeah. that dumps into that river. And if you can get up that too, that is also essentially to me a backwater because mm -hmm. it's off the main river current, which is places that a lot of people will refuse to look or not even try to look, but there's a lot of fish that live in that area because it warms up quicker than your main river channel in the main lake. And it's always mm -hmm. dingier always. So, yeah, that's I'm, true. Yeah. So let's, um, yeah, we'll get into it. So I feel like there's two kinds of spinner baits. This is my little overview here. There is a, a sight fishing spinnerbait. And I feel like, you know, if you look at a bass, they, they have big bu bug eyes. They can see in a hunt here, 350 degree radius. They, they can only not see right in front of their nose. They can see everywhere. And there is like, God made this fish to be a sight feeder. There's no doubt about it. This is a sight feeder. Catfish is a, an opposite, you know, they're more like a smell sense and smell feeder. However, However, even though they're made to be and they want to sight fish, that's when I'm throwing these fast um, kind of a clear water spinnerbait, right? For those Alabama double bass, willow, bass, yeah, double willow, or you uh, and just burning them. I mean, I throw you know three quarter, one ounce, but I'm like burning it so it's still like on the surface and it's your small mouth and it's hot. The metabolism is really going that, and that's like my sight spinnerbait, you know. And it's crazy that they'll eat a something that just looks like this. In the clearest of all water, and you're like, what in the world? These, but when you're burning it that fast, it mimics a little school of bait fish. Uh, to them, is what I they feel at least, and they just go for it. Yeah, it's crazy. So they're drawn to it. But we're talking about backwater this time of the year. It's going to be kind of the opposite. It's going to be, uh, you know, dingy water, and you might put something like this on here. This is a, a wide willow I like to use. It's a chartreuse color. This is just a regular one that's that's not painted. 
but uh it's a this is a fluted blade which i like it creates actually it's kind of funny you can see some uh as i rotate here you can see some flash off of the light here but um a fluted blade's pretty cool because it does have it gives flash off of all these fluted parts and it gives it uh, a wider there's like more but anyway that's your wider your wider blades you know not going to go to the very beginning basics of spinner baits but the wider they are you know as opposed to a willow leaf you know they're going to have more, more lift more lift. Thump. yeah more lift more thump so that's your willow you know this is your wide willow which i like and then there's a colorado which of course is even more thump and more lift so that we're talking about backwater early time of the year it's gonna i'm typically gonna switch these uh blades out so i mean you could obviously buy them with a colorado already on it but spinnerbaits are cool and manufacturers put them out there and you can just keep changing blades and configuring things how you want they're making it to where it's uh, affordable for you so mm -hmm. remember that like it may not have all the best components on it but they you know not every angler is like us who's you know hardcore series lure lab listening type folks uh, that are maybe fishing a lot of tournaments and stuff so the manufacturers will get you to a good starting point you can take it from there and so that's what that's what i like to use in the spring i, I generally it's like three eighths half ounce kind of range potentially if you're fishing deeper you're going to go three quarter or an ounce but i want to displace water because like i said this is the opposite you know this is where i feel it's kind of funny man because you know i'm working on some lure designs right and for my clear water spinner baits i want a thicker gauge wire and i want i don't want like a 0.38 which don't even worry about the the numbers i'm throwing out to you guys because you probably don't have a clue what i'm talking about but i want a thicker gauge wire on my sight spinner bait which is weird because you're thinking clear water you want it to be thinner more subtle but i'm burning that one and so i want it to you actually need the be the stability of the thicker wire yeah. which keeps it more stable running more true and straight yeah and it's more of a visual bite as opposed to a feel bite right and the feel bite you want the thumping you want that vibration of this this wire to be able to move and and those blades to really you know give that vibration and water displacement off better so you know the thicker the wire gets the less you know you have of that the less thump so it's kind of funny because i actually do want a, a little bit lighter wire for those which is the opposite of what you would think but um i guess where we'll go now is out of the box so i actually made one here this is just drew gregory's thing okay you, you may like it may not like it but this is just a z-man sling blade spinnerbait uh I use a lot of these and I actually take them out of the box. You guys can probably see this. And because I like to fish a lot of rivers and creeks, and again, this may not be applied to everybody here, but one thing I like to do is actually bend this forward. I bend this like forward like this a little bit. Again, like I said, they, they give it to you in, in one form from the manufacturer and you can tweak it from there mm -hmm. and then bend this down. And I want these blades to get, so what that does is let me get it just right here it gets it real compact for me it's a tighter it's a real tight you know compact spinnerbait i don't like like them real wide the wider you get the more lift they have and they they also can get you know after you catch a fish a lot of you guys may not know this but after you catch a bass on a spinnerbait some and people just chunk it back out. out there yeah they get it gets torqued out of out of whack and out of line so you want to obviously make sure you you hold it like straight like that up to your eye and make sure it's square, like dead straight on the money as close to it as possible. Cause a lot of times it'll look like this after a fish. And now it's bent to, it's kick, you know, kick to that left or right side. I don't know what, yeah, a roll. So you definitely want to keep them straight after every fish. And that's where that heavier gauge spinnerbait actually is nice too. It doesn't get contorted as, as easily, but 
for the ones we're talking about, you're always going to need to check that after every fish. But I just personally like to get the, the blades closer to the bait because when they bite it, I'll do it like this because it'll hang vertical. When they bite it, you know, their mouth hits that biggest blade there and it collapses through. And uh, if a spinner bait, if the actual wire is going past the point of the hook here, if you ever see a spinner bait in the store, this the end of this wire where this willow leaf connects is beyond. So this this hook point, when it collapses, it's going to create almost like a weed guard. So you want to make sure your your spinner baits check. And when you do that, the wire is not, you know, past that. So That's, you're not talking about the barrel swivel, right? You're talking about just the, the wire. The eye on the wire should yeah. be ahead of the hook point. Yeah, ahead of the hook point. And then, so now it's just going to collapse the whole thing when they bite it and they're going to get the hook, uh, which, which is one thing. So I just like it more streamlined. And again, keep that in mind. I do fish a lot of uh, current and moving water. And a lot of these backwaters will have current. So let's let's you not forget that so it helps the bait get down lower and not just rise so much where you're always fishing just you can't hardly get it down more than a foot or two so that's why i like to do that um personally yeah. just and when you condense it too that allows the bait to be reeled quicker yes. down lower in the water column like you said exactly it, it eliminates lift exactly and i do that with my my speed you know sight spinner baits too they're real compact they're real tight and uh, just burn those. So these are going to be more of a slow roll thump. And uh, yeah, you just kind of, the, the good news is, like I said, they can, they can see in 360 degrees. They, they want to see, but you know, they also have this lateral line. So when they can't see, and it's murky for a good portion of the spring and a lot of fisheries and even fisheries that it's stained all the time, just, that's just the way the water is, you know, red river, you name it. Like there's places it's just stained and, they'll be there. Those fish are adapt have adapted to they're feeding a lot of times more with their, you know, you know, the lateral line, which yeah. helps them sense the water displacement. And that's just the way they live. Now it gets to a point where it's too murky and too nutrient rich, like the main Mississippi river in St. Louis or Memphis or wherever. And you just don't catch bass on the main river because none of them live there. It's too dirty. It never, you know, at least, at least with a, you know, foot of visibility or foot and a half, when they get close to something, they can still see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. My, you know, you know, how the Mississippi is, it's, it's Ooh. super muddy. It's like, uh, so anyway, they, they just prefer, you know, to, to obviously feed with sight, but then the water displacement for these spinner baits we're talking about with the blades like this, I especially love a painted blade when it gets, you know, murky and, and murky water, a bright painted blade. Um, because the flash isn't as important. I mean, the flash certainly can reach a little distance, but it's not like in the middle of the Susquehanna River or where, where you are in, on Lake Erie. It's so clear that flash of the sunlight off that blade is going to go really far away and call them from a long way away. But that's just not happening in the murky water anyway. So I just feel like that painted blade is puts off a little bit more. It's just my preference. And I, I just feel like I see it better just with my own eyes in the water. When I'm, when I'm reeling it in, I see that bait sooner than I do if I'm using one that's not painted with a bright, gaudy, like chartreuse color. Uh, the orange is popular as well, right? Yeah. So I just think and using my own common sense, like if I can see it, you know, a foot and a half down, but if I put on one with the regular blades, I can't see it until it's a foot away from me, then surely that's happening with the fish. So it could be not true, but could be a confidence thing, but it works, catches them. So that's that's my theory. But um, I like it. So here, yeah. can we play a game real fast? I want to yeah, play cool. like, just a question air like I'm going to throw a different spinnerbait option at you. And I want you to tell our viewers and listeners why, when, and where you would throw it. Okay. That sounds like fun. Yeah, that does. That's cool. All right. Let's so it. let's start off. Um, you're going to pick up a chartreuse 
like Colorado or Indiana bladed uh, spinnerbait with a red or orange front blade on it? Where would you throw that one and why? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, all right. So chartreuse is typically where I go, go for in, you know, murky water. Just, it, but, but it's funny because it also does work in clear it water does, too. Yeah. It really does. Like, and so when I'm burning a bait, I don't ignore chartreuse in, in clear water either. But yeah, I think that's a good one for, uh, I'm, I'm kind of confused because, like, are, is this still backwater, murky water yeah. situation? Like, okay. Yeah. Like, where, what, like, water temps, where would you throw? Yeah. Like, everything is backwater spinnerbait fishing. So, you know, got murky water like we're assuming right that there's murky water maybe right. cypress trees or Cy something along yeah. those lines like where would you exactly throw that spinnerbait and how would you maybe even retrieve it yeah i would i would pretty much focus on you know like you got the red i'm not sure like, you know red is much different than it's a painted blade so on the front than than a green you're just wanting what I, my theory on that you know wanting the visibility and i would say confidence. yeah confidence like in the you know once you get to the water that in the shallows, again, it's, it's in starting to get to those 50 degree, you know, levels, you know, that's what I prefer. And, uh, yeah, just slow roll it by, you know, structure. Spinner baits are much better than chatter baits around wood. So that's why I tend to, in murky water, go with a spinner bait. If, if I'm fishing wood, as opposed to a chatter bait, chatter bait might be a little bit better in grass. So I'm going to push, put that around like cypress tree, any lay downs, any wood, I'm going to parallel any, of the structure when I can, uh, in a bass boat, it, you can do it. It may not be as easy as a kayak and, and you should be doing it. Uh, but basically just front end your, your partner, you know what I mean? Like be right on the bank to make sure your bait's getting parallel to the bank or any of the structure of the cover, any, uh, you know, anything like that. So I'm going to throw that kind of just on, you know, really hit as much wood as I can. Um, now rock does warm up, can warm up quick. So like riprap and stuff like that does warm up quick. So, yeah, that that could be a player again we're talking backwater so i don't imagine a lot of riprap being in these backwaters oxbow kind of places hey, you never know where but they're the, putting rock right that's true you don't know there's <laughs> the the small culverts and pipes you know from smaller roads and things like that and smaller bridges back there you can certainly get into it so yeah i would think uh yeah that's gonna be a good one for wood kind of kind of feeling it slow rolling it and feeling that thump uh because you're gonna get more vibration with the blade combination you talked about that colorado indiana and just you're not you're basically letting the fish dictate how fast you're working it for that day because like i said you might feel like oh the water's freezing cold but in a in the in the six inch water column or foot you're throwing it because of the sun in that day like in the afternoon for example in the, in the spring and early winter they might be more aggressive than you realize and you'll just let the fish kind of start to dictate that once you uh you know get some bites and see you know because sometimes they will, uh, it's funny. Grand Lake's a good example. When I won that tournament, they, I had a, a, a first couple fish were on a spinner bait in the tournament and they grabbed it. I mean, I saw them come up as slow as molasses right at the boat. I have a foot of line out. I got on GoPro and I just lifted the fish in the boat and it's like, and he just came up and just barely nipped it. And I just lifted him right. In. It wasn't like a thrash. You know what I mean? At all. And it, so when you're fishing that shallow, you're going to see the boil. You're going to see how fast they react. So for me, that combination that you gave me is definitely a let's go medium medium slow and then let the fish sort of and how hard the bites are feel you know where it's going to be uh i mean how it's going to be like fish faster or slower that day but no that's 
that's a good one for sure. Uh, and if ready for another one? I'm ready for another one that we can definitely get into. Uh, I, I did bring, just so you know, I've got this prepped, um, some trailers to show show you yeah. guys too. That's and, what we're going to get to after right. this next nice. one. Nice. All right, let's do that. Because I want to talk about your trailers and like when you would throw what trailers they are, a little prelude here for our audience. And then also I want to talk about your setups, like yeah. rods, reel, and fluorocarbon, et cetera. Nice. So the next one is going to be an all-white spinnerbait, but with a gold and silver willow blade. Okay, nice. When gold. would you throw that in the backwater situation? Gold and silver. Yeah. yeah. Well, I personally, I do not throw a lot of double willows. You said double willow, right? Yeah, it doesn't I, like a willow bladed willow, spinnerbait. Yeah. Yeah. So a willow be Colorado. One one. Yeah. 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 I love. So that is a good thing. So the the second willow. This is something to mention. It's just me. It's my quirk. Maybe maybe it's actually true. I don't know. But I think about things kind of like with physics a lot and the way that that front willow leaf goes on a double willow it like the back willow can rotate on this you know um swivel right it just rotates on the swivel like this and it stays nice and tight but once you get it here it has to rotate around it rotates around this one you know this colorado here is rotating around and to me a willow being that wide it doesn't it just doesn't appeal to me like it being that wide this is more like for the physics it's not as narrow and thin like a, a bait fish is it's just flashing it's staying in a line as it's swimming and just flashing every once in a while but it's not like wobbling like rotating in a big swirl yeah. like that it, it bothers me from a physics and what i'm trying to mimic standpoint doesn't matter it catches fish people do it all you know they smash them on double willows but i'm just not a fan of it because even when i'm burning a uh a willow colorado combination like this here when i'm burning it there are times and zones and places where you want to be able to slow it down a little bit in that strike zone and a double willow. It's harder to do that. This, this having that single Colorado on the front for the tandem, it lets you slow down and, and kind of get that thump and displacement and just kind of keep it that strike zone a little bit longer, but a double willow, you got to, it seems like you got to burn it like a little, a lot quicker. Um, yeah, Cause that displacement. Makes... So anyway, that's my physics on that. Why it, it bugs me. But for, for the example here, so it's white, yeah, white body with a silver blade and we'll say a silver yeah. willow and a gold Colorado blade. Yeah, so, you know, I'd love to hear your theory too on the different colors of the blades. But to me, it's, you know, we're talking murky water. It's not like they're you're mimicking one bait fish or the other based on that color selection. I don't get too particular on that kind of stuff. But I would say that's going to be a, a little bit more like I'm talking about. You're going to burn it a little quicker run this one a little bit quicker and you know, obviously that Colorado blade being on there, it's going to let me slow down a little bit and let that, that bait just sort of fall and just do more, a little bit more thumping for that feel. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. yet hopefully this, this water here, again, I'm kind of creating this uh, situation a little bit is not as murky as the situation we had before. It's a little bit clear. So yeah, once you they might get, be at where the backwater so meets the main. Yeah, lake. right. So in the like the drain yeah, coming out, a little two bit foot clearer. of water visibility, yeah. two or three foot or two and a half, whatever, one and a half. But when they get closer, what's great about that willow is it is going to the flash is going to like pulse out because it's it's now visual. Once they get they get close enough, it's a it is a visual bite. So yeah, that's kind of what I would do. I'd burn it a little bit faster and i particularly what's cool about the colorado being on the front for me you will get to a point i know it's still cold now so we're not talking about it but this this episode you certainly you know we need to cover it there's a point where the water gets 
uh, warm enough in the 50 high 50s where a buzz bait will catch them, right? Well, before that happens, you know, in 60 degree waters, most people's kind of line for a buzz bait, depending on where you are in the country, I get it, it changes a little bit, but around 60. So in the mid 50s to upper 50s, you can start to a bait like that, you can actually start to let that front Colorado spit on the surface, or at least it creates a different wake where it, 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 it creates like a, just like slightly a, right, slightly under where it's a, it's a wake bait. You know what I mean? In, in the sense that it's making a wave uh, across either way, creating an actual wake, which is nice because they can use that surface wake to kind of hone in on it too. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's nice. Kind of like a, a buzz bait would do, or just a regular wake bait. Just it's, again, it's just, they're using that surface uh, commotion, whether they think it's a little, you know, a wake bait's a, small rodent or a fish or whatever they're honing in on that v that v gives them one single point to go back and follow right and hit so that's the way i would fish that as well but i do like the fact that it can fall really nicely uh with that combination so you can you can vary those speeds and, and go a little slower and, and let it you know fall by some wood point. yeah just being able to vary your retrieve so like say you see one wake on it but he misses it maybe you can kill it yeah, drop it and slow it down. Maybe he'll come out and get it or speed it up if you see that he's chasing it. So mm -hmm. I, I like baits that give the angler versatility in the way they're retrieving it. Like that's why a chatterbait is so great. You can do so many different things with it, right? To make the fish trigger yeah. and bite with it. But um true. I think it's time to move on to our trailer selections. So, like when what kind of trailers do you run on your yeah. baits and why? Because I know there you can basically put the anything you want on the back of a spinnerbait mm -hmm. and catch a fish on, and each bait that you, you put could. on there is going to make it have a different reaction in movement mm -hmm. in the water. So kind of dive into the few that you like, Drew. Yeah, I mean, I love – so a spinnerbait's mimicking a bait fish. So, you know, anyone who puts a, a creature or a crawl, it's not wrong – especially if you're just, if, if it's a murky water spinnerbait, you could want something kind of gaudy, bulky, that's, you know, black, you know, whatever. You could put anything on the back that, that's just a creature bait. But I prefer, uh, you know, to use just obviously your your you know, swim baits. Uh, I've got the, that's a diesel minnow, five-inch diesel minnow for a bigger. This is the minnows from Z-Man. Uh, I love to use this one. This is super popular. I'll rig one up here while we're talking. Um, but I, I, again, I'm mimicking what it is. It's a bait fish, so I'm going to put that on there. And I, this is me personally, again, I do not throw a ton of trailer hooks. I prefer a trailer as opposed to a trailer exactly hook. the same. Yeah, really? I, okay. I don't, I don't like trailer hooks. Yeah, I don't really like them, man. And it's, so when a bass eats this, they flare their gills, you know, they pull in water. And I feel like having this trailer on there gives them something that pulls in and helps suck in and they're going to get hooked. Uh, and it's hard to run a trailer hook and a trailer. You can do it. It's a little funky with how it kind of has to fit, fit on there, you know, but, uh, you know, so that's just my preference. And I also, the other reason why that's my preference and it applies to this conversation is backwaters typically is, is about, uh, it's a lot of cover you're throwing it at, you know, it's a lot of structure. It's, uh, and I like to make sure I get my bait back into that beaver, you know, dam and pile and, you know, back in up into the junk, into the flooded, you know, all that. Over cypress stuff, arms. Rivers. and Yes, yeah, uh, exactly. All the stuff that you see in the backwaters, it's, it's not like it's a lot of open bank, like Lake Hartwell, like, oh, you know, it's, it's just rock, you know, and clay. Mm -hmm. This is like, you're getting hung up a lot. If you throw a trailer hook that just adds one more way that the bait could get hung up. So I prefer to throw the, this and use a trailer just to kind of help it be a little bit more weedless, you know, but I just, you know, thread it on 
Elastec's a little funky. I will say that everyone knows that about the Elastec. It's a little tough to deal with, but the positive and why I love to use it once it's on, it's on for good. And it, uh, it's, you know, really, really good stretchy material that Z-Man makes that, that I do love to use. But once it's on, it's on for good, but you got to be kind of, you know, it takes a little practice to get it square, dead straight. And I do want to make sure, man, it's, you know, I haven't fished in a long time, so we'll see how this goes on the first try, but I do want to make sure it's pretty straight. It's not bad. Uh, but I'm very particular about making sure that this is very, very straight on the, on the bait. So that's pretty darn straight right there. What I mean is it's, you know, you don't see a fish swimming, you know, bent. Like if you do that wrong, you go too far uh, into that bait and then you come out, your, your guy's going to be squished, you know, like yeah. bent and it won't swim straight. Swim straight. This holds true to any swim bait you rig up and fish. I know you throw a lot of swim baits out, out there in Lake Erie on a ball head, maybe, and, you know, it's got to be perfectly straight. You know, you just don't see a lot of bent fish swimming around. And if you do, you know, they're getting eaten pretty darn quick because they've yeah. been injured. So that's why, um, you know, I make sure I'm very, very particular about keeping it dead, perfectly straight on, you know, on your trailers. I mean, this one right here is, is, is a great example of a, a bait I would throw. Um, and another thing I would do in a backwater that I'll show you on, let's just take this off. I will put a, um, before I forget, I do want to say I do throw straight tails and do throw other type of, you know, like this curly is, tail grubs. Or, yeah, you grub. can throw that kind of stuff. But I just typically, this is a, you know, it's a smaller one, but goat. it's the goat. Yeah, it's the goat. You could do that. And you could, you could do it either direction on the, you know, you could do it this way or you could do it this way, which this way is kind of cool because it looks like a fish tail, you know, which these tails actually have to get pinched apart. So you could keep it together. Yeah. That tail don't don't pinch the pull the tail apart. You can see there's some plastic that holds it together. You can actually keep it together like that, um, going vertical with it. But it, straight tails are really good too. But I I just still love the boot tails. The only problem with the boot tails to me it, it's nice because it displaces water and it, and it gives a nice swimming action. And the only problem is every once in a while it does, and this may just be an elastic issue. It loop back and catch on that hook it's all swim baits okay so it's any boot yeah. tails especially that that but i still prefer them uh, i got confidence in them i get bit but i will say a little tip here that i do on spinner baits in backwater situations muddy water situations uh which by the way i don't even throw a swim bait trailer on my clear water burning spinner baits i just leave it a skirt i trim it down to like the tail to like a v makes it look a little bit more like a fish shape mm -hmm. and i just burn those clear water ones so this is only for uh, a couple things you know, I do. There's the something I do want you to try with that clear water one. Yeah. And it, it'll help keep it down a little bit more. Put a fluke on the back of it or whatever okay. the Z-Man version is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something streaks. that's Yeah. Yeah. Streaks. So something that is straight tail. Straight. So when you're burning, you know how sometimes spinnerbaits yep. will want to kick to the side when you burn and kind of start yeah. to roll. That streaks will actually help keep it more vertical. So, nice. Yeah. And that's you're awesome. Not, and you're, and you're not going to miss out on bites when up here. No in the finger lakes in the fall when they get keyed in on alloys and shad there's like a false shad spawn where they all push shallow and i found when i burn any type of spinnerbait like a double willow if it starts to roll if i throw a fluke on there i can keep going just as okay. fast and it keeps it straight that's cool so, that's a good yeah. tip because uh they make a, a streaks 3.75 so it's a straight yeah. tail 3.75 inch so it's perfect for that my smaller i fish a smaller clear water burning spinnerbait but it's not it's got a hidden weight body yeah. to it. So it's actually heavy. Like I, I can throw some like three quarter ounce, 
but I'm launching them in those clear water situations and burning them. I'm going to try that tip. Yeah. And put it, that it, up. It's, it just puts a keel on it. So yeah. it helps keep it upright in the water column. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try that. Slightly coming in at like a 45. So yeah, just I love try it. it. See what happens. No, I love it. man. that's awesome. Um, this is what I'll throw like a second skirt on. This is actually uh, your, a little little tip if you're watching, a little juice if you're watching uh, the Lure Lab here. This is a, a different material. You can see how iridescent it is. This is called uh, Lumaflex, and it's hard to find, like very hard. See how it's got a shine to it as well. Yeah. So it's really cool because then actually it's it's a much more limber uh, material and flexy. It's kind of like spandex or even that your elastic, if you will, of a skirt in a way. Uh, it's very stretchy and and it, it has a flow to it like in the in a just a it's pretty cool i have to see it but i throw a second one of these on for my murky water backwater spinner baits murky water i throw a second one of these on you got to go over that hook keeper here so let's see if i can i can do that for you guys real quick so i'm over that so now i've got what's cool is i've got like a thicker main right here you see like the it's like a thicker main on the on the front here which actually is cool because this is displacing water that's like yeah. it's a just like a, it's a main i don't know i guess i said the right word already it's a main so it's wider it's almost like these uh these skirts that you'll see uh these quick skirts from like z-man and so like if you're burning it and you pause it it, it kind of flares. yeah it flares out there's a main and it's it's displacing more water because you've given it a wider profile there so there's like a main on it now and then you could still put the uh and it's actually cool because I've got it a little bit extended longer there where it, it tapers down to this, sh this kind of fish shape. Mm -hmm. But I've also, then I'll throw on this um, swim bait we just did. So now you've got this, this just big bulky. And then I'll add the, uh, like a white willow, either one of these sizes or Colorado it's painted to it. So any just one of those, some, the fish, something to truly yeah, key and it, on. And it matches, obviously it all matches the uh chartreuse and the bait too so i'll put all that together in one thing i'm not gonna you know and maybe i can rig it all up here if we want to see it all done but basically i've already done it all you know and shown you the whole setup but that's what i would use in my murky water and, and what's interesting about what i've learned about bass fishing is look guys you can go out there and learn all, every rig you want nico carolina texas you know swim baits wake baits prop baits spy baits you name it there's a million things but once you find something that works in a certain condition a bass is a bass is a bass. They're going to eat it. I mean, like all the time, you don't, you don't have to get caught up into the marketing of bass fishing that you got to learn and know all this stuff. Because honestly, only the guys who are full time, the elite series, major league fishing, whatever, have enough time on the water to actually learn every single rig, the setup line, rod, reel, and then have enough time on the water to know when and where to use it and why to use a Nico, as opposed to a shaky head. Like we are never going to, need to know all that and we're probably wasting our time because we don't have as much time on the water as they do wouldn't you rather be really good at the techniques that work at the the few that hit all the water columns you know i, I always yeah. encourage people learn a couple top water techniques learn a couple you know shallow under the surface techniques mid mid range and then learn a few you know uh like obviously they're going to hit the bottom of the water column and the bottom of the, the lake or the river and then boom like start perfecting those there's a reason why Hackney and people that are just so good with the jig, it's like, yeah, he may not be good at X, Y, and Z, but while they, while he would, he'd be wasting his time and get, you know what I mean? Like to, to learn all that, he'd be kind of losing out on time. He's, he would be spending perfecting the jig and the yep. jig still catches him and flipping and he crushes. So you get my point. I mean, we don't have the time he does. So how could we ever think we're going to learn all that? So I guess I'm saying this to say, that's my setup. When I go to murky water, 
dude, they're either eating that or they're not there. I'm telling you, I just know that they bite that. That's your confidence knowing that they're going to eat it. And and somebody could literally just, in contrary, right, go buy a Z-Man spinnerbait if they have a double Colorado one Mm in chartreuse and throw painted blades on it without the extra skirt and put a big old paddle tail on it and do the same thing if that's what they have confidence in. They're mm-hmm. gonna get bit throwing it. That's the way I am. I like simple. Absolutely. I don't like to modify a ton of things if I don't have to, but I will tweak with them. Bend the bend the the steel of the wire on it to get it to run the way I wanted to. And knowing that right. part of spinnerbait fishing, I think it's just as important as throwing it out and getting bit. Like you need to understand exactly how that bait is running to catch yeah, fish. For sure, no, it's absolutely. a lost art to be honest. It is. It is, and you know the. The chatterbait coming along certainly works really good in a lot of uh, places. The spinnerbait, you know, used to be king, but you know, and, and that's a point to note here, guys. Yeah. You can skip a chatterbait for sure. But, but when you're around wood and and other, you know, it's hard to obviously skip a spinnerbait. They don't skip that well. Uh, Every once in a while with the right big trailer, you can get a few skips out of it. Oh yeah. Until the wire (laughs) is 45 degree from it in water. Yeah. No good. But yeah, I love skipping the spinnerbait when it allows me to. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But around wood and the way this thing, you know, this is just a natural uh, deflector. This front, this is just a natural Wii guard. It just rolls over anything, you know, and then obviously it hooks way protected in the back. So it just rolls up and up and over everything. So wood, it is still king. Uh, you know, a lot of the burning situations we're talking about, grass, there's a lot of situations where, and the water clarity-wise, it's just still a better tool, in my opinion, when you can get that cast there. The, the chatterbait I pick up when, you know, I, I do need to skip it and or the water's clear enough where I can see the wood that I can avoid and work around it with because it definitely calls them in a different manner that uh, yeah. that works really good too, so for sure yeah well we're gonna start wrapping things up here so drew just real fast kind of run everybody through what your spinnerbait setup is so like rod and why you choose what rod you do real gear ratio and line choice yeah so i like to keep my my stuff pretty simple i'm a power fisherman it's a lot of buzz bait spinnerbait chatterbait kind of stuff you know top water let's say uh choppo stuff like that and I'm a weird, I have a weird, you know, theory on all this. I don't want to get into it too deep here, but essentially I like to go out with everything that I throw that are my power baits like that. I throw them on the same length for every uh, trip, you know, whether I grab all six sevens or all seven ones or seven threes or seven sixes, it doesn't matter. I want to keep them the, the same so that my casting, when I pick one up to the next, you know, your first cast with a much shorter rod or longer rod is always off target. I want to be able to keep it the same kind of like Bryson DeChambeau uses the same length clubs, right? For golf, you know, they're all the same. He doesn't have to change his swing. So that's my strategy for this. And I typically throw a uh, straight braid on all spinner baits, chatter baits, buzz baits, swim baits, just straight braid. And I work pretty fast. So they don't, you know, my backwaters and, and, you know, any backwater that's murky, you can get away with that. Some people do prefer fluoro, but I'm in a kayak and I can't take a nice big crow hop back, like on the deck of a bass boat or on the bank and set a hook into them. Because I mean, I'll tell you what, I've fished straight braid for 15 years now, at least 20. And when I put fluoro on, I feel like it's a rubber band and it doesn't have nearly as much stretch as mono. And I'm in a kayak that's, that's moving with the fish. So I just can't stand it whenever I can get away with not, you know, putting anything else on, but braid. Then I, I, I just stick with straight braid. So 30 pound braid. You don't want to go lighter than that on a bait caster. If you can help it with braid fluoro and mono is different because it's all about the diameter size. So 
bait casters were made for heavier line, you know, heavier lures. Yeah. And originally when there was no braid, you know, mono, you didn't really want to go below 14 pound because it starts to get too limber. And if it's too limber, then guess what? You're backlashing out of control. So with braid, it sounds crazy. I'm not going to catch a 30 pound bass, but 30 or 40 pound or 50 is perfectly fine. And it's what you want because the diameter is closer to that, you know, four, 12 or 14 pound mm -hmm. mono. And you, it's all about how flexible it is for you to be able to make the cast. But I prefer 30 because when you start getting a 40 and 50 and more, you're going to get, lose a little bit of casting distance. So to me, it's that perfect happy medium where I'm not backlashing all the time, like a 15 or 20, maybe it'd be a little bit more challenging, although still doable, but it's, you know, so it's that happy medium. So that's why I use a Moss green, uh, Sunline SX one usually, and then, um, medium heavy, like I said, just depending on the length. And I choose, I change lengths based on if I'm at a little Creek, that's going to cause me to do a lot of little roll casts like this. And there's trees everywhere. And it's like, you know, like we're saying, Keith Boucher, super, super tight quarters action. Uh, and if I'm in somewhere that's a much, I need longer casts. That's where the seven, three and seven, six come in. Uh, and if I'm in like a Tennessee river tail race or somewhere like that, then you just the leverage or getting horsing those fish in that's in longer casts. They're perfect for that. Uh, you might even be throwing three quarter or see me throwing an ounce spinner bait in those kind of yeah. situations Keep to get a little down. down deeper in with that current. But, um, but then what else is the rod in the rod, the reel, sorry, the reel would be, I, I love throwing the fastest reel that anyone makes. And you know, that like, so for me, I've been using eight to one, uh, I've been sponsored by 13 fishing for, I don't know, eight years. And that's, I think coming to an end because Rapala merged with them and they're making a lot of changes. So I don't know if I'll be with them uh, anymore. But I've always loved an eight to one that I use from 13. And I personally know it's eight to one. If all my reels are the same, I just adjust because I know it's, it, it, you know, if I'm, which I don't throw a lot of crankbaits, but if I'm throwing something that needs a slower ratio, I do it. But slow rolling a spinnerbait in the spring, I know it's eight to one. So I just go slow and I can feel the thump. Yeah. I can feel the speed and I just, I just do it. You know, I know what, what the speed is. So, but the only th the trick is too, when you're done with a cast, it sounds crazy, but Jacob Wheeler's proven it. And I've always fished the same way, the same logic. And remember the, the tournament he won sight fishing on the St. Lawrence when he was using 12 pound tests to sight all those fish. And he was horsing them in with a bait caster quicker than everyone else who was sight fishing using six yeah. pound tests. And they were fighting. So over the course of the day, he was able to get, horse more fish in and catch more fish in the MLS. Yeah. Make more casts. So when my, when my cast is done, that eight to one gear ratio, I know I'm like burning it back in back to the next spot. And it's like saving me little minuscule pieces of time over the course of the day. And uh, it does add up. Trust me, you will get more casts. So that's why I like to use the, the faster speed. Uh, plus when I am throwing my buzz baits and things that would be on the surface and going faster with, it's just easier to, to work those baits at the faster speed, but I don't change when I, you know, go to slower 40, 50 degree water, you know, real rod and real setups. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So perfect. At least there's a logic behind my madness. Yeah. I mean, I always Absolutely. have a reason and a logic. I can't say, you know, it, in bass fishing is one of those things when it works for you and feels right and you've got it dialed, no one can argue with results, you know? So, yeah, I think I only own one real slower than like seven, four. And that's my uh, yeah. like square bill or deep diving crankbait reel when I need to get it down and keep it there. And that's about the only time I ever go that slow. Yeah, everything is seven two, seven four, eight to one, eight five to one. Yeah, I and, love it. Yeah, it's speed kills, and speed yeah. <laughs> can sometimes really, really kill you, or yeah. it'll 
crush the fish and you can make 50 more casts than your guy that's fishing the same flat as you if you yep. fish it properly so that's true well drew anything else you want to touch on here before i let you run i think we've we covered it man i think yeah. you guys got a good little lesson here and it's kind of impromptu i'm glad you hit me up and and i love it when i can just you and I just know the sport so well that it, on a moment's notice, like, yeah. you know, I, I know you don't it. need any, any prep. I don't need any prep. We'll just, you know, give the juice right away. So hopefully you guys learn. To be something. honest, like a lot of these lure lab episodes is just like impromptu questionnaires. Like I make like an outline of questions, but I usually just kind of fly by the seat of my pants based on the outline I made and where the conversation is going. And I think that's one beautiful thing about fishing, right? Is that mm -hmm. we can have, like even flow conversations and have no prompts on it and still be able to have a great conversation based on what we're talking about because we understand the complexity, but also the simplicity of what bass fishing is. Yeah, so. it's so true, man. But yeah, I, I love it, man. And glad to be a part of the show today. And you guys follow along this year. I'll be uh, fishing the Bassmaster Kayak Series mostly. And I'll be out at the Classic. Uh, I don't know when this goes live, but I will be at the Columbus Fishing Expo this weekend which is, I don't know what it is, February uh, 9th yes. and 10th yes. or whatever. And then also uh, next weekend, the Indianapolis Sports Show, which is, I guess that's like the 16th weekend of February. So you guys come see me there. I'll be doing some uh, seminars. And then at the Classic, I'll be fishing the Bassmaster Kayak Series Championship. And then after that, I'll be uh, fishing more events and running uh, the new Kayak Adventure Series that I started with, uh, presented by GoPro, which is a pretty cool new uh, you yeah. know, kayak series. We'll have seminars at on the the fridays of those series too so that's pretty cool because we'll be doing some some more teaching and lure lab type cool stuff that's awesome. for anglers who attend those events so it's a whole weekend with festival and just fun stuff for the whole family so that's yeah right. so i actually here. look forward to seeing all of the yeah. information that comes out from that so uh keep us in the loop on that and i Will look do. forward to seeing all your travels and hopefully you win a few more trophies this year and That'd i wish cool. you the best of luck Drew. thanks for coming on and we'll chat soon all right all right man see you right. have a good one all right, thank you everyone who tuned in this week's episode here on the Lure Lab. As always, all the baits and uh, rods and reels and such that we talked about are listed down in the description. And if you go on over to the Omnia website, you can save yourself 10% by typing in the code SERIOUS10 at checkout. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Drew. He's a fantastic fisherman, has accomplished a lot of things on the kayak side and it was long overdue. I can't believe it took 68 episodes to get Drew on the Lure Lab here, but uh, we're thankful that he was able to come on today. Hope everyone took some lessons and some pointers away from backwater spinnerbait fishing that you can also apply to main lake spinnerbait fishing. And just as always, fish your confidence, get on the water, catch a bunch of fish, tag us in it, Lure Lab, Serious Angler, doesn't matter which page. And uh, we love sharing it and seeing all the successes of all the anglers who tune tune in on a weekly basis but until next time we will see you then